Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, Join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Everybody, before we get into the show, we just want to let you know tomorrow, Sunday, September 2nd, 5 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be doing a couch report about Dick's, the weekend, fish, summer tour, curveball, not curveball, a lot of stuff. Tom Marshall will be joining me. Matt from HF Pod will be joining me. I think Jonathan will be joining, as well as hopefully Brian Brinkman from uh, Beyond the Pond. And maybe some other special guests. So if you're couch touring and you want to tune in, please check out youtube.com slash Osiris Media. We'll put a link in the show notes. We're excited to bring you another couch report. And we hope everybody has a great Labor Day weekend. And I uh, hope you enjoy this quick hit uh, with me talking to Matt. Take it easy. Hey, everybody. This is HF Pod, quick hit. 
I'm here with Matt. Matt, have you kicked the curveball blues? Hell yeah, man. <laughs> How's it going out there? You're in Colorado, Rocky Mountain, HAF. Um, did you have fun last night? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm sitting right now uh, on top of Lookout Mountain at the Buffalo Bill grave sites. Uh, we wanted to get out, and um, as I mentioned on the uh, quick hit to Dick's the other day, I, I, with my family out here, wanted to show them around a little bit. So came up here to um, check some things out before we got to do some other things today, and kind of still glowing from an amazing show last night. It was uh, pretty pretty special. Yeah, were you um, – I think one question that um... – my wife and I were talking about on the, our drive this today is were you surprised they didn't sort of do anything or acknowledge anything or is it just you know they're moving on in terms of curveball I think and that I think um it, you know as far as that stuff goes I would be very surprised if they did anything other than you know a strong playing but be maybe a quick statement from Trace on Sunday night or something like you know sorry about everything thank you you know we love you his typical kind of mushy kind of stuff um I think that if they did any tongue-in-cheek song selection or harpoon or anything like that, it would be kind of putting the situation, um, like, making light of it, and I don't mm -hmm. think they want to mm -hmm. do that. So um, I think that they're – it seemed last night that they're on a mission to just kick ass this weekend, and I think that's the best thing they could probably do. Yeah, that's fair. I, I was thinking, you know, it wouldn't be that hard for Trey to say two sentences at the very beginning, like, hey, guys, we we're as heartbroken as you are about all this. Let's just let's rock out together, you know, sort of thing. But that's, you know, their, their decision at the end of the day. Um, did you I just I felt from listening back like Trey was just on top of almost every jam with the exception of like the Mercury jam, which Mike was really driving. It just felt like Trey was just really in control all night. Did that did it feel like that when you were being when you were there? Yeah, I mean, it was it was assertive with his playing very out front the whole band just um it's you know when you see special shows you know it you know when they're on and when they're determined to play and versus when they're kind of lackadaisical um so the, the this playing was very strong it was moved forward the entire night i felt like they're always going somewhere um i would even say like things like you know the second set was fantastic the only thing that you could point to as a slight lull was the theme from the bottom mm -hmm. but in other shows that aren't weren't as strong, that might have been the place where they play like Joy mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, and they didn't do that. They they played Scene from Bottom and it got pretty rocking. So when you've got a five song second set and the low point is Scene from the Bottom in the middle of it, surrounded by incredible improv, um, I think that speaks to the power of a great show. Yeah, and the um, the first set was really really great. Um, I think and and you know had tons of jams. What was the scene like what was the vibe like did you uh did you feel like they just jumped right into it yeah i mean so you know as expected the energy was incredible in the crowd um, when they came out uh there was a roar that sort of built for like a couple of minutes before they even walked out on stage um and when the lights went down it was probably more energy than i've felt in the in the room so to speak since hampton 09 um hmm. you know really everybody awesome. was just hungry about it huge ovation um and they got right to it and played basically a second set for the first set i mean yeah. it was just um i know people like to people you know people pointed like oh maybe they're playing the backwards show or something like that but um i think it was just you know they know that the best thing they can do that people are going to give them a thumbs up is to play two second sets and that's what they did last night yeah i think a lot of fans still like well because they did it you know the the show spelling something but people expect them to like be as intricately um 
interpretive about their stuff as like Humphreys is or something. They just <laughs> they're like a backward show or, or something like that. That's just not happening. They're just going to play their music, which is cool. And man, that worked well last night. What was the highlight of the first set for you? Uh, the ghost in the cross-eyed uh, was fantastic. The segue was just perfect. And, um, you know, the it seemed like it was almost too good to be true. And like they got they got so close to cross-eyed that they, they kind of off for a second and almost didn't go there and then Trey changed the keys and they went into a full steam ahead and the place just blew up at that point um and just really really well executed jams in both too um you know i mean you you take that first set and you make it the second set of i think any show this summer and it's a huge winner um and so to, for them to come out after three weeks off and play play that kind of a statement was was just fantastic and they um it's funny because our last quick hit to Dix from 2000 was that amazing segue, um, the drowned into rock and roll, and we you got a segue right. almost as almost as good last night. It seemed like the segue was really really smooth. Yeah, yeah, I actually was thinking about that too. Um, it was that was pretty cool to experience that because I, I I love a good segue, like I said on our last show, and uh, this was one of the better ones that I've gotten to experience in person. Awesome. And then the second set, um, maybe not surprising, No Men, which I think opened the second set of the first Night of Dicks last year. Um, Trey loves playing that song. I love those lyrics. I'm, I'm They've grown on me a lot, and it's such a nice jam vehicle, but he, he kind of got right into it. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And um, that, you know, as good as that was, I would say of the four jammy songs in that second set, that was probably the, the weaker one. It felt like a little bit of a warm-up. Mm-hmm. Um, the, high, the true highlights were really the Carini, which was just relentless in Trey's guitar tone. Um, it felt to me like he had that uh, the British uh, Marshall tone mm-hmm. coming out of his, his amps for a good part of that. It was very Jimmy Page, kind of aggressive sounding. Um, and then the um, uh, the back half of that, and really where it peaked was the light. The light yeah. tone was just unfucking believable I mean, I... I I was having such a great time in the entire show. I was getting a little bit tired. I think, you know, without going into too much detail, I had a crazy ordeal just getting to this show. Yeah. Travel, sna- snafus, and I've, I had a medical issue this week, and I wasn't even sure how, yeah, what kind of shape I was going to be in for the show. And um, it was just one of those moments where I was practically in tears, just like looking around and seeing the energy. And you couldn't find a single person in the entire stadium that was not in a complete state of bliss. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I, I mean, I, maybe the best light since the, the famous Dick's light from 2012. I mean, it had that level of, you know, a, just a, a momentous peak. Yeah, and and not um, you know, uh, fourth quarter sort of letdown or whatever, right? Like saving the best for last, which is which is rare these days. Like they don't often, you know, jam the best at the very end of the show, which is nice and hopefully sets us up for a great Saturday Saturday show. But it's interesting because the light came last second set. And like you said, I thought that also, I agree with you about it being like the best sort of jamming. And, but there was a hood second, second slot first set. So definitely some um, odd placements. You'd maybe expect that to be later or something, but man, they, they, they were almost all according to fishnet anyway, almost all um, segues the entire show first set and second. The only not segue was hood between hood and what's the use and everything else was uh and between blazon and ghost and everything else was segues so they were they were feeling it but i just felt like trey was really driving the driving the musical conversation the whole night 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I definitely felt like that too. Um, and you were right. It, it was pretty much continuous straight through. Um, even in the second set where like they started to almost peter out a little bit, I think it was out of the Carini. They just got weird for a while. They got very, very spacey. Um, uh, the crowd was so good. People were not chatty. People were just taking in, you know, the space that they were creating um, and letting it breathe. And, you know, on a beautiful Colorado night with a cool breeze coming through, it just was it was perfect. That's awesome. And, and not a single ballad, um, you know, um, not a single slow no, song. No, that's what I'm saying. Is... Like, like, yeah, like if you were to say, like, what was last night, it was probably seen from the bottom. That was the only song that even felt slow. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Matt, I, I don't want to. I know you have stuff to do today and with your family and, and others. But what what do you think about this? What's the use thing? It like they're it, it's appearing so much more frequently, and and in first sets and second sets and and wherever. Do you feel like it's something that Trey is like um, just comfortable with as a song, or do you think it's like actually uh, a uh, I don't know a statement to fans in some way? I don't know if that makes sense, but to me, because of the way that yeah. it just like alters the crowd, it's just, it, it could be interpreted either way, I guess. I, I blame you, um, because, <laughs> you told, because you told him about how... Um, I wasn't setting you up for that, I swear. <laughs> but it's it's crazy uh, how often it shows up. Yeah, no, it is. It's been weird, and it's it's one of those things as fish fans, I was thinking about this last night where they were playing, where it's like... You know, we love the song when it's a rarity, but as soon as they start playing it, like, just a little bit too frequently, it loses its luster. Exactly. Like, I remember when they were playing Fluff, like, Fluffhead pretty regularly back in, like, 09 and 10, and people were like, stop playing Fluffhead, you're, you're taking the specialness away from it. <laughs> you know, it's like, after we, be- we begged for it for 10 years, and then it's like, no, no, don't do it. We want it to be special, which, which I can agree with with that song. And the other thing I think is that the thing that, for me, it has more of an impact as the starting from a cold start. I like mm. what's the use better when it comes out of a jam. So that's a little bit weird. So I was disappointed that they dropped it early in the show and that it was standalone like that last night, except for the fact that the part going into the really cool silent section, um, they seem to get weird for like a minute or so. Um, they kind mm. of like didn't do the standard thing where they just get quiet. They, um, Trey started adding some loops and there were some weird synth sounds and stuff like that. And I almost thought for a second, maybe they were just going to go into a different song and not finish it. Um, so maybe that's something they're testing out. I know they talked for a while before they played that song. So maybe that was something they were talking about, about changing it a little bit. Um, but, you know, once again, when that's one of your biggest complaints you have about the show is like, they play the standalone. What's the right. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're definitely winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so we'll we'll let you get to your back to your beautiful Colorado weekend. Um, should we play some of the light jam for the folks out there who, for some reason, haven't heard it yet? Yeah, I think that's the only way to go. You got to get that peak at the end of the light jam. Um, yep. Good luck finding, you know, trimming it to a couple minutes because there's so much good <laughs> stuff there. But, um, but yeah, I think that's what we've got to recognize. Cool, man. All right, well, thanks for joining us. Enjoy uh, your weekend and have a good time at the Sunday shows. They, somebody said something about a Sunday show once, so have a good time. And we'll, we'll hopefully talk to you tomorrow yeah. on the uh, Couch Report. Yeah, absolutely.
I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everyone. It's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast. And we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. Got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast.